When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right every time. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily, your only seven-day-a-week Premier League podcast. And loads on the agenda for today's show. Bayern Munich turned up to Stamford Bridge and taught Chelsea a lesson. Is it a wake-up call for Frank Lampard as the Blues look like they're going to crash out of the Champions League? Will it be the same fate for Manchester City tonight as they gear up to face the best European club site ever, 13-time Champions League winners Real Madrid? But obviously there's a little undercurrent to the story of Manchester City in the Champions League this season. Plus, on the other side of Manchester, Manchester United have said they'll make less profit this year but it's okay. They'll still make more than half a billion quid. Don't worry about it. Joe McGrath's alongside me in the studio. Hello, Joe. How you doing, everyone? Are you okay? Very well. We've also got from the blue half of Manchester, Adam Brown. Hello, Adam. Hi, Nile. You all right? Very well, Thanks yeah. And, and let's start by talking about the Blues of London rather than the Blues of Manchester and the Reds of Germany rather than the Reds of Manchester because it was, of course, Bayern Munich versus Chelsea in the Champions League last night. We said on yesterday's podcast it was going to be a tough test for Frank Lampard. It was going to be a tough test for Chelsea and some of the young players who perhaps don't have this European experience and that was proven in the end Adam because Bayern Munich in the blink of an eye pretty much tore Chelsea to shreds yeah I mean I mean looking at Chelsea's um, you know Premier League kind of uh, form has been off and on pretty much all season hasn't it so you never really know what you're going to get with Chelsea as such uh, and obviously Bayern Munich just proved to be a little bit too strong for him I mean Serge Nabry again he loves playing in London doesn't he uh, mm-hmm. Ever since he left Arsenal, he seems to he seems to just love playing in London. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think a little bit of golfing quality showed last night, um, and it just shows I think how far away Chelsea still are from competing at the very very top for me. Definitely, um, you know I think the way off. I mean, it's going to be interesting in summer to see the recruit, but I just still feel there's going to be a couple of seasons away from being able to be in the you know the, the sort of the final stages of the European tournaments. Joe Cole was saying on TV how important it is that they finish in the top four because if they finish outside of the Champions League they might face an issue which we've seen at other clubs where if you're not playing Champions League football you can't attract the best players to come to your club and when you're probably not one of the top two or three teams in the country as it is to lose that attraction of Champions League football is going to be a blow when you're trying to sign players Yeah definitely I mean you you know people have said that about United uh, about Man United but they've kind of still got the I mean obviously I know Chelsea have been a very successful club in the more kind of the recent era but United have got that heritage that people have still you know the size of the club regardless of the fact that they finish fifth or sixth they're still going to have they're still going to be regarded as one of the top teams in Europe in the world so Chelsea haven't quite got that so you do worry that if they don't get into the Champions League next season uh, what's going to happen I think there's going to be so many eyes on Lampard uh, in the summer to see who he brings in I just think uh, I don't don't know where, where they go really next I just think it's going to be a bit of a bit of a testing time in, in the next season or two especially in Europe more than the Premier League I think mm. a lot said about the German clubs as well uh, doing wonders um, obviously Bayern that Bayern team went to uh, Tottenham 1-7-2 yeah, let's not yeah. forget that so it was always going to be tough for Chelsea to put up a bit of a, a fight against them 3-0 doesn't seem too great but Bayern Munich just outclassed them in every single way Lewandowski still proving that he's a, a, an unbelievable player if he's assisting or if he's scoring goals yeah. um, and they just proved too much for Chelsea now they've got that unfortunate moment where they've got 
got to go play a second leg. Um, what happens there? Who mm. knows? Does he sit back? Does he go for it? Does he think, let's just have it? You know, because I think Bayern have really securely got this tie now. Yeah. So it's a big test for Lampard to see how he wants to respond to this. Yeah, he can't come out and say we're out because yeah. he'll remember when he was in the side in 2012 when everyone thought Chelsea were out against Barcelona mm-hmm. and then Torres goes up the other end and Gary Neville yeah, does his thing on commentary, um, which is still an unbelievable moment <laughs> to this day when you think back. But, uh, you know, he's not going to come out and say that they're out of it, but I think he'll know in the back of his head that even despite what we saw last year with Liverpool coming back against Barcelona, Chelsea aren't at the level that Liverpool were even last season. So I think he knows that maybe is it damage limitation, Joe, do you think? Damage limitation. And just, you never know. If he's got an incredible team talk behind him, they might go out and get a win, like a 1-0 win. Uh, But Bayern Munich will definitely not let Chelsea come to to the Alliance and score four, I'll tell you that. So Bayern Munich have um, managed to recruit well as well, haven't they? I mean, they've still got the kind of the you know a, a lot of the core of, of a team that they've had for a long time with obviously Neuer and uh, Jerome Boateng and uh, Thomas Muller. But then yeah. they, they brought players in like obviously Nabry, who was nothing really when he was in the Premier League. The times he did he did play. I mean, wasn't he infamously sent back off loan from West Brom by yeah. Tony Pulis? Tony Pulis said, "Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, now. you can go back you know, to Arsenal." And, and you look at him now, and even the guy they brought in from um, uh, from Toronto, you know, um, Davis. Alfonso Davis, really quick player down that left side, was it, brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's he's come from the MLS, I think, hasn't mm. he? From when he was playing for, uh, I think it was Toronto, um, and he looks like a great player. So, I mean, the, the recruitment again, but you look at the German teams, even Dortmund, look at their recruitment yeah. of the past couple of seasons. Yeah. The, the players that English teams have kind of rejected and thought, well, oh, not good enough. Well, they've gone to be amazing. We've seen a lot of German clubs as well looking at. English players and young English talent to bring over to the Bundesliga because they see something in terms of giving them an opportunity which our Premier League clubs probably don't do so what was that Adam Ola Luckman went over to Leipzig they've got Ethan Ampadu over there as well um, who else did they obviously Sancho is the prime mm-hmm. example Callum Hudson-Odoi was really interesting by Munich at one point last season so yep. you can see where they're kind of getting this sort of blueprint from there's a lot of young quick English players who can do a job but they're just not going to get a chance in the Premier League and you've got someone like Nabry now who's going to become one of the key players for uh, Bayern Munich and probably for Germany as well now moving forward yeah. um, <laughs> and you just think oh imagine if Arsenal could have kept hold of him and he'd have turned in I mean you can never say he'd go the same way but uh, I just think you look at the, the strength in depth of Bayern Munich's squad and even still now there's not many uh, clubs around who can match him I don't think in terms of depth No and uh, there was a bit of a backlash uh, just from uh, Leverkusen's uh, Twitter account went all in yesterday mm. about uh, German German uh, Bundesliga we called the Farmers League did you see that? I haven't Are seen we a Farmers League and he put in quotation marks and they just listed a lot of the Champions League results and the Europa, Europa League results that's just saw uh, Dortmund obviously beating PSG yeah. uh, Leipzig going to Tottenham winning uh, so there's a back clash of uh, them biting back and saying go on are we are we really a farmers league because the premier league gets all this oh we're amazing we're incredible Credit, but you yeah. know it's not been a great week for them uh, and also clubs like dortmund who aren't playing english clubs proving that they can do it uh, with an amazing signing such as Ireland proving unbelievable so yeah backlash on Twitter yesterday and if you do search Farmers League on uh, <laughs> on Twitter it, it, for a good read I've just spent a couple of minutes doing it there's a lot of people uh, yeah just maybe showing Premier League that it needs to catch up yeah maybe I think that's a really good point actually because it tends to be players that go from the Premier League to the Bundesliga that do well rather than the other way around if you look this season, for an example, I know they're being played probably not to their full strength, but Joel Linton at Newcastle yeah. and Sebastian Allaire, they've not had the two strikers that, that, that were brought in by West Ham and Newcastle, respectively, have not really had the, the desired impact that the owners and managers who signed them would have wanted. So I think there is an argument to be made that maybe it is easier 
to go from England to Germany and play well rather than come from Germany to England mm. and play well. I think so. There's been a couple of players actually that they've, they've come in for big money. I remember um, when Chelsea signed um, Andre Schürrle. Remember yeah, that? And I mean, course, he was yeah. actually pretty decent, but he was, you know, he was kind of a regular for Germany at the time and then he went back to Germany and he came on loan to Fulham I think last season for a little bit. And, yeah, he was at Fulham. You yeah. know, so players like that where they kind of built up in the German league to be you know, uh, something special and they, they come to the Premier League and I, I always think they're probably at different stages of the career though because you don't very often get, um, you know, a, a, a young German player coming leaving their club to go to an English team really. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about you know, 18, 19, doesn't happen because I think if they're good enough in Germany they get a chance. That's the, that's my perception of it. You often get, you know, a lot of homegrown players at Bayern Munich or uh, Dortmund who actually get the opportunity to play in the first team. Whereas we don't really give as many of our youngsters that chance. So suddenly they do start looking around to see where else they can go. So yeah, it's interesting. I just think that you know, for me, I don't know where Chelsea, what what they do in the next leg. It's a bit of a, a bit of a, a snooker yeah. situation now for Lampard. And what about the kind of translation from Champions League football back to Premier League football, Joe? Because I mean, we know the top four races heating up to say the least Chelsea need that top four spot they need to finish fourth I don't think anyone's under any illusions despite the fact people might have said Lampard's got a bit of a free hit this season with the way things have transpired at the club still Chelsea and those at board level at Chelsea will be saying Frank you need to deliver us fourth spot so how do they kind of dust themselves down after a 3-0 hammering at home to Bayern Munich I think Bournemouth playing next obviously on Saturday at three they go away to Bournemouth which is sort of tricky but not too much over the last couple of months so maybe just an an easy result like that could bring them back down to earth mm. unfortunately if it was a tougher result they may have struggled and maybe on this downward spiral but I see them picking up a win against Bournemouth and then that kind of levels things up You've got a, a Liverpool time midweek though uh, in the FA Cup, so then again you're, you're back to it. Let's see how much, uh, how, see, see how determined Liverpool are to win the FA Cup if they want to go all the way. They could easily just walk past them. Who knows? Yeah. But some big games coming up. Let's just make sure the players know that what happened on the midweek was just an unbelievable German side coming to uh, to Stamford Bridge and they just turned us over. Let's forget about it. Let's regroup mm-hmm. and let's show them that we do want the top, top four race. Yeah, and I think that Liverpool game you speak about is actually a fascinating encounter yeah. because Liverpool, obviously their focus is on the Premier League, but we've said now they're getting closer to the FA Cup latter stages might Jurgen Klopp decide to actually play a stronger team and go for a domestic double league and cup and also in Chelsea's perspective will Frank Lampard now try and maybe steer away from the kind of temptation to win a cup by focusing all his eggs in the Premier League basket it's it's going to be intriguing that because like you say there's that temptation where you've seen in the past not using the FA Cup but normally in the Carabao Cup where mm. you play the youngsters for a certain amount of rounds and yeah. you go oh the best is the, not the youngsters the, the second choice keeper yes. they always yes. do that and then you get to the final and you go oh, I'm going to play our first choice instead so it's at what point do Liverpool stop doing that because to be fair to the young players they put in they've been unbelievable in the Cup they've played very very well and they've had the chance and they took the chances haven't they so for me I'm just thinking at what point does Klopp go actually we'll take it serious now because yeah, we, we'll we, we could get another trophy we could do a domestic double on Maybe even the treble. But let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope it didn't happen. We'll talk about Manchester City, of course, after this quick break here on Football Social Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're available every single day of the week and every single day of the Premier League season. So hit subscribe or follow or whatever it may be on whatever podcast platform you use. And you won't miss another episode again. But we're off for a quick break and we'll be back the other side of this. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Cooked to order and freshly prepared every time. Thank you. 
Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your only seven-day-a-week Premier League podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Sports Social. If you've got any questions for us or anything you want us to discuss on the podcast, our DMs are open, so slide on in there. I know Valentine's mm-hmm. Day was a couple of weeks ago, but we're <laughs> still in there. we're still accepting messages. Don't you worry about that. So let us know at The Sports Social on Twitter, and it's at Sports Social on Instagram. My name's Niall. I've got Adam Brown and Joe McGrath Hello. alongside okay. me in the studio. We've just spoken about Chelsea's Champions League exploits. What about Manchester City, who travelled to Madrid tonight to take on Real Madrid 13 times European champions? Adam, you're a Manchester City fan, but before we get your view on the game, what was your view on the get-up of the Man City players turning up to Madrid in double denim. Oh, that is brave, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there's only certain uh, people that can pull off that look. Uh, and and judge... Kevin De Bruyne isn't one He's of them. not, he's not, <laughs> unfortunately. It was the shoes that got me as well. That was what done yeah, What's going on? Very odd. I mean, the, the jeans, you know, the, the double denim is bad mm. enough, but you think if you oh, stick well. a pair of trainers on, you might just about get away White with it. White trainers would have probably worked. What? Exactly. Um, JCB boots or Timberland boots would have uh, worked. Absolutely. Builders boots would have worked. Yeah. I'm not a fashion guru here, yeah, but uh, black you know, shoes with jeans, it looks like you're about going out to watch the Six Nations. Yeah, obviously with a per- <laughs> with, with with bottle of Peroni in your hand. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, the, do you know what? I've never known a time when um, fashion and football have collided and it's been good. I don't, there's very few uh, There's very few examples of it. I mean, look at Liverpool, the infamous uh, white suits. White suits. Mm-hmm. These, these, these various things over the years that you just think to yourself... Oh, I don't know. Full t- like when it's full t- oh, individual players, fair enough. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you've had people that have, they can pull certain looks off, but when it's full teams, you get some players that just don't look right in certain clothes. There's obviously a sponsorship deal thing going on there, which is the reason yeah. City have turned up in all this clobber. Just... But um, I think like Raheem Sterling looked cool until the black shoes yeah. came out. If I hadn't seen oh, the shoes, I'd have yeah, been all right. Look crazy. It seems like there's some sort of wording on it. It looks like yeah. for Manchester City winter. 2019. Right, yeah. It's a bit old school. You know? yeah. it's like, it's not, only is it, not only is it rubbish looking, it's outdated already. <laughs> in mean, 2020, what's going on here? Yeah, winter like, 2019. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, Should so, be winter 1920. Come on, lads. Go. Come on. Look a bit so, crazy, Yeah, I mean, hopefully we play better than we dress um, in, in, uh, this, uh, in this game tonight. If, I'd say uh, this, the winning tonight. I'm just going to say it. City are winning tonight. Good. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know why I've got such confidence. Well, this might give you confidence. Eden Hazard has broken his ankle. So he's going to be out for potentially the rest of the season. So he's a miss. Marco Asensio is also out. Um, He hasn't played a single minute this season. He had a serious knee injury during pre-season, which is why they kept on Gareth Bale at the start of the season, despite the rumours that he was going to leave. But Gareth Bale has basically got the (laughs) so he might not play. So Gareth Bale's got a sickness bug. um, And obviously there's a few other players on the fringes that Zidane might give the nod to. As for City, Guardiola thinks that Eimerick Laporte will be fit. He brought him off early in the game against Leicester. Leroy Sane apparently is closing in on a return to action as well, but uh, it's expected the game's going to come too soon for him. So, well, Sterling's back, they reckon. Sterling is also pushing for inclusion after recovering from a hamstring injury. So, yeah, there's a, he's on the plane, so there's a chance he could play. Mm, wow. I mean, which is interesting because he's been speaking this week about the club he's about to face, yeah, Real no, Madrid. They so. always do that, though, don't they? You know, when there's when there's a big club like that, there's always talk of it. And even if Sterling does go to it, fair enough. He's had he's had a good time at City. He's been there for a long time. He has. He's been and he has been he has been very very good for us. Um, I, I could see him being tempted to go though. 
Mm. I could see him with the, the law of it. I mean, this is the whole thing again about <clears throat> what happens with, with with the Champions League situation, uh, which you alluded to before, Niall, about, you know, it's, it's, there's other things going on in the background. It's hard. We can't just concentrate on this season, really, you know, in yeah. a way, because you start thinking, well, what happens next season? What if, we, what if we won the Champions League? Long way off, I know. And yeah, it's a yeah, big exactly. Ask, but you're not getting automatic places. There's so well, many caveats. Exactly. So it's kind of, it's changed, you know, from... Not for all City fans, but I think for some some City fans, it's just that sort of niggling kind of feeling in the back of your mind, thinking, "What's going to happen?" Is it to win just to stick two fingers up oh, to UEFA? Because obviously Real Madrid, the most successful European yeah. team ever with thirteen titles, you know, to beat them and go and win it. I know, no, it's only the last sixteen, and mm. there's still a long way to go. But that's the perfect kind of up yours, isn't it? To, yeah. to UEFA, is it? I not? really do think City have got something in them as well. I think City will do it. I mean, obviously the Premier League hasn't fallen their way, and it's not like Pep not to. Not to get results, not to win, but I do think there'll be something happening in this Champions League that will see City go, or maybe even get to the the final because the finals are bigger. I think this season more than ever, um, it, we, I feel better about the Champions League than I've done in previous years because we've not got the distraction of the league as such. Because I think we've we've secured second place. I think personally, I think we'll get enough okay. points to get over the line. I don't think Leicester have got enough in them. They look a little bit <coughs> shaky. Obviously, beating them at the weekend did help, but I do think we're going to secure second place. Yeah. As Joe said, it's not fallen City's way this season, mainly because Liverpool have been unbelievable and we've had a couple of shaky kind of results. Injuries as well have played a part. Um, but excuses aside, it's allowed us to focus a bit more on the Champions League. Around this time, normally, we'd be in a bit of a you know a title battle. We wouldn't, oh, we, we yeah. wouldn't be no, nowhere near as clear in terms of points as Liverpool are this season. So it's kind of had a bit of a distraction in terms of Champions League. But now you could argue that Pep's nearly not got an excuse because... There's nothing else for us to focus on. There's nothing else of, of importance apart from the Champions League. So, I mean, get a result tonight. and I, 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 It's a hell of a win if we, if we win there tonight. Can I tell you this one quick thing that got my attention from Man City Square's official account? And they just tweeted this. It was about a chat uh, with penalties. If a penalty arises tonight, mm. what could happen? Yes. And a lot of City fans calling for Edison to take yep. a penalty. I don't know if you are going to talk to this. And they've done, they've done some digging. I didn't know this, so apologies if you did. The IFAB Law 3 says that City could switch out Edison for the penalty, allowing one of their defenders to uh, become the goalkeeper whilst the penalty, penalty is being taken. Then the penalty is taken if it saves it, you know. Is it until it goes out of play? Yeah, until it goes out of play again, Edison then can swap and go back in net. Never knew that. So if Pepper's got confidence in Edison taking um, a free kick, that well, well, that was the thing. One of the other was saying, if he takes the penalty and he misses, he's got to sprint back. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the case, as Joe's saying. Apparently, according to the, the yeah, laws of the game, there is a loophole. And to make matters even more interesting, on top of that, Kyle Walker can actually use his hands. Yeah, in that situation. So on if, if it's save. a penalty and and they go to the ref with swap kits. I'm putting on a blue kit. Yeah. Kyle Walker's putting on a green kit and and the penalty's saved and it goes up the other end. Kyle Walker is genuinely allowed because he's technically the Crazy, goalkeeper in inverted Wait, commas. Wait, is it just he's... Kyle Walker or do you have to like sign a player up? Like, uh, do you, I, the don't referee... know. I don't no, know. So it, could be anything. Yeah. it could be anyone really but Kyle Walker apparently is the best at Sig. Well, so he's been be in goal case. already in the Champions League for City this season, hasn't he, Kyle <laughs> yeah. Walker? It, would Pep do that? But the thing is, well, there's more pressure to score then because you've done the big performance. But Edison's good under He's brilliant. Well, no, he's yeah. very good and he's, and he's an unbelievable striker of the ball but what I'm saying is imagine you've like a big stop, big stop down moment where you've got to put a different shirt on. Kyle Walker's got to put a goalkeeper shirt on and then he's like a good four or five minutes swapping. and then you concede in five minutes of added time can you imagine I mean I don't think Pep's got it in his uh, in his grey no, matter to do that I, don't I think, think that's more of a Marcelo Bielsa crazy thing yeah, to do isn't or a Stuart Pearce thing Stuart Pierce, yeah, get David James up front yeah I love it um, to be fair though 
Edison taking spot kicks is a peculiar conundrum to think of anyway. And although Pep might joke and tease and say he's the best penalty taker at the club, I mean, why hasn't Kevin De Bruyne been given a chance yet? I just don't understand. The man can smash the ball. And sometimes that's all you need is a bit of power. Mm. Jesus has been poor at penalties. Sterling's missed a few. Aguero missed his last one. Uh, Mares has blasted them over the bar in the past couple of seasons. How on earth has a squad with a value of around a billion pounds, as we've spoken about before on the show, not got a penalty taker who can stick the ball away with confidence? But De Bruyne, when you think about it, of all the Premier League players, I'd argue, um, he's probably one of the, if not the best striker of the ball in the league for me, right? Mm -hmm. And he doesn't seem to get nervous at all. He seems totally unaffected by, you know, he's kind of... He's emotionless almost on the pitch, yeah. isn't he? You know what I mean? And Robotic for me, yeah, and you think to yourself, he would be the perfect candidate to take a penalty. And I don't know whether or not he don't fancy it or they don't trust him to take it. But for me, if you could design someone who's a perfect penalty taker, in theory, it'd be De Bruyne. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyle Walker pull on a goalkeeper's shirt. That's all I'm going to say. Joe's confident that City are going to get the win. Um, is it just more because of Real Madrid not having know. the best season think, or what? I don't, know, I don't know what it's about. It's just something this season with with the way things have fallen. Football is a funny old game, and there was just something about what I think Pep in his mind is really going to try and achieve, achieve this season, and it is to win the Champions League. I I really think there's going to be a masterclass from him. It's funny you say that because I felt that in 2012 when Chelsea won it. When yeah, they were pretty they, much on the verge yeah. of being knocked out every there round. There was something weird about them, wasn't it? And there? they had no players. Like, Terry got sent off. Ivanovic couldn't play because he was suspended. Basically, all their players were kind of absent or injured. Yeah. I think Ryan Bertrand had to start the final. And they still ended up beating Bayern yeah, Munich on pens. In their own back garden. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. But often you, you'll get players, like, you know, when teams... You, you need kind of moments like that to win the Champions League where you get a bit of an unsung hero or someone you don't expect ends up playing. It's even like Liverpool with Origi. You know what I mean? He was kind of almost out the door, wasn't he? I feel so sorry for him, by the way. Yeah, but you know, he was almost out the door. There was Liverpool fans that wrote him off a couple of seasons ago. And next thing you know, he ends up with a huge moment, uh, you know, in the history of the football club. So you end up, it's just something about it for, for a team to... To, to win the Champions League, you need those magic moments, don't you, to, to happen. And I do feel like City, like Joe said, this season, it does feel like something Something's might happen. It, yeah. Something might happen. If City lose, let's say, 2-1 tonight, it's not the worst result, is it? Because City have got that away goal and they can feel confident that they are going to create chances against Real Madrid. So getting an away goal, is that key? I mean, nil-nil isn't the worst result either, but to score, if it was a 1-1 the way the Champions League works with the discrepancy of away goals, 1-1 is actually a better result than 0-0. Yeah, I'd fancy if it was a 1-1. Even 2-1, I don't think we're out of it, like you said. Um, But yeah, I mean, scoring is is very important, I think. like Just just to get on the score sheet tonight would be good. Um, Obviously not to concede too many. But, you know, I think uh, 2-1's not insurmountable. But I do think we could either snatch a win or, you know, a, a score draw wouldn't be the end of the world. Actually, breaking news right here on Football Social Daily. I know it won't be breaking whenever you're listening to the show, but it is for <laughs> us right now. There's been a media release from the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Of course, Manchester oh, City oh, have, uh, have decided they're going to appeal the UEFA ban for FFP <clears throat> alleged breaches. And the Court of Arbitration for Sport have released this. It says the CAS has registered the appeal of Manchester City versus UEFA. Generally speaking, the arbitration procedures involve an exchange of written submissions between the parties while a panel of CAS arbitrators is being convened. Following the hearing, the panel deliberates and then issues its decision in the form of an award. It's not possible to indicate at this time when the final award in this matter will be issued. And that's the key of this statement. Basically, they're saying we've received Manchester City's appeal. We don't know 
when the conclusion is going to come. That is the interesting thing here. We saw it took Chelsea a long time to get their transfer case in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And it looks like it might be the same thing whilst both parties write evidence about why they want to win the case. And obviously they try and get an independent panel of adjudicators. It could take ages. Well, what happens if it's not done by the end of the season? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? So then then the... the, Fifth, so like, fifth qualifier. Is it like but then, what if, the, what if then halfway through the Champions League next season they go? Oh, actually, no, it was sound. Fuming, fuming. Yeah, and they'll sue him for a lot of money for all the money that they've, they've lost to the TV rights. They'll have to just sue him. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's what's going to happen. I really don't know. I just let him in it, and then if it comes halfway through, then just go listen. Right, we're going to have to disqualify you. <laughs> oh, that's a City fan speaking. Though, so. <laughs> but, but, but what happens but, but what to the teams you... you've all knocked out in the group oh, yeah, stage? <laughs> Oh God! Say it gets to the quarterfinal, and it, by the way, you know, you then ringing up Anderlecht. By the <laughs> way, boys, <laughs> you're in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's an, uh, it's, ah, uh, uh, it, it's weird that you'd think if the decision had come earlier in the season, or the the ruling would have come earlier, it, uh, it could have hap- been sorted. Is this happening now so that the decision doesn't come in early, so that City don't play Champions League football next year? So no matter what, UEFA get a bit of a win. Like, have they left possibly it to the last minute? So there's. Chaos. Yeah, maybe. It's almost like a bit of a warning. Yeah. Well, it, so says, you, it you, says here, apparently City had the option of freezing the ban in their application, which I'm not 100% what that means. I guess that means until an outcome is discovered, they're not banned from the Champions League. But it looks like the club have decided not to do that. So that that's a very... They yeah. must be very, very confident. And I think they are very confident. And maybe that might be kind of to their benefit. It's just the time though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because ultimately, they're, they're not the one who hold all the cards. Because they can... Obviously, if they're confident... I mean, let's let's not... Let's get it straight. They're going to have the top people working on this. Yeah. The top lawyers, the top, you know, um, you know legal people. But uh, for me, it's... It, <laughs> How fast can we know how long these things take? Like you say, when we've seen it in the past, these these you know these rulings, they take a long time, a long time, and it's back and forth, back and forth, and there's so much evidence that needs to be submitted, and I just can't see it being done by the end of the season. In theory, it needs to be done by the end of the season, so the Premier League teams in those positions know if they're mm-hmm. going to be in Europe because it affects everything. It affects, of course, it does. You, you know, you fix your recruitment for that season. Yep. It affect, you know your it affects, TV run money. Might want to go somewhere exactly, else. Exactly, exactly. So it needs to be. It's not going to be sorted. I don't think by the end of the season. Predictions for tonight, though. Um, two 0 City, two one to City. Okay, we'll wait and see with intent Ooh. what happens there. And talking of affecting incomes and revenues, and perhaps Champions League revenue, there's a story that's come out of Manchester United over the last 24 hours. Thanks to James Ellis or Kanglo James on Twitter, who brought this to our attention. Cheers, Kanglo. He says just shows that Mr. Woodward hasn't got a clue on how to run this club, Manchester United. What do you think, the Sports Social? A topic for tomorrow's Football Social Daily podcast. And that's exactly why we're going to talk about it. Basically, Manchester United's revenue fell by nearly 12% in the six months leading up to December. So the last sort of six months from June to December last year, 2019, mainly because of the absence of Champions League football, which means that the money that the club's made from broadcasting has fallen by a third which is around about roughly 70 million quid. However, the club are still going to make more than half a billion Mm -hmm. in revenue. So people that are reading this story and listening to this thinking, oh, United have made a loss. That's not the case. In this scenario, they're still projecting that they're going to make a hell of a lot of money. So I wanted to ask you, Joe, as a Manchester United fan, do you really care deeply about the club's finances? And if the club were more successful on the pitch at this moment in time, would it put these issues or perceived issues to the back of your mind as a fan uh, if the club were more successful on the pitch I think this is what Edward might start to realise and he'd be making more money which is definitely his job 
think the broadcasting uh, money, etc., is because United aren't up there at the minute. And why are we making such much money when the the, the big Sky money started off with the big TV money? Because we were up there and we were fighting for the title, and they're the matches that really want to you really want to watch. And United have fallen down, and we're struggling to get fifth place. And who knows if we're playing Champions League football next year, which obviously does affect you because you get a lot of money in for Champions League football, not on, nearly enough if you play Europa League. So there's a dent in the wallet. So uh, yeah, it would I would say as a United fan, if we're playing better on the pitch, this should be put to the back of my mind. It'd be put to the back of Woodward's mind as well because he'd, he'd be getting more money in, so he'd be not less worried about it. I don't think he realised how much the performance on the pitch would actually affect him off it. I think he, he'd done all these crazy deals with, you know, we've got a, a tractor company, we've got an official coffee company, we've got a company uh, official thing with Lego at the minute, you know what I mean? You can get all Trafford in Lego. We've got an official <laughs> tractor, you know what I mean? You know, United, so what he's doing is he's making all these crazy wacky deals to sort of um, cut his losses a bit in terms of what he would l- l- have made if he actually got big Champions League football and was playing to the best in the Premier League and winning the thing. Um, Manchester United should be playing in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. And, who knows if we were playing in this next season? Also, that affects the Adidas deal. If I'm correct, uh, the Adidas deal with United sponsorship will be uh, significantly. Uh, uh, significantly affected if United fail to get Champions League again. So then uh, there's more and more implications to when the next set of results or figures will come out. He needs to start realizing that he isn't the right man for the job. You know, in these in these board meetings, they have these conference calls, or whatever. He's got to sit there. He's got to read these uh, yeah. results to his board, the board members, and investors, and investors who see the results. Who, you know, I'd love to just listen in. I'd love to listen in. The thing is, like. as well, is that obviously it's a seventy million. Um, you know, it's not a deficit. It's no, a, it's a, it's, it's a drop. It's a drop. Yeah. yeah, but you know, and that's from broadcasting and rights, and obviously, you know, lack of Champions League football. But ultimately, you know, longer term, if that continues. Other parts of revenue will be affected, you'd think, wouldn't you? If they're mm-hmm. not in the Champions League, other parts that currently, because United have been kind of flip-flopping between it yeah. for a couple of seasons, but if they consistently don't get Champions League football, they will. Other part they won't be making. You know, the revenue is going to be significantly, you know, dented, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you think the top four race, we talk about it. Oh, it's Champions League. It's amazing. Maybe we don't think enough about the financial implications of Champions League football and how much those sponsorship deals are affected by being in the Champions League. Because if you've got 33% more money from being mm. in the Champions League, I mean, there's going to be more people around the world watching the games. More people coming to Old Trafford as well. More people to Trafford, yeah. away fans and stuff like that. So do you care more about success or finances? As a football fan, I think it's unfair for people to go, oh, you should care more about the club's finances because effectively you turn up to a game and you watch a game of football and that's yeah. it, you go home, isn't it? So, I mean... Yeah, I don't watch a TV show. I wonder how much the budget was for the uh, for the. Oh, that set looks expensive. Mm. No, let's just enjoy it. You know, I want to watch the football, and I know that the money side of it is such a big thing now. But that shouldn't be for our football fans. There should be people who get paid a lot of money taking yeah. care of that. But ultimately, they go, they go hand in hand, and and with one of them, with success, the finances kind of take care of themselves mm. by and large. Obviously, you get a few if you yeah, yeah. if you massively overspend. But you look at Liverpool who a couple of years back were probably in a similar situation to United where they're a bit of a almost a bit of a sleeping giant. Yeah, they pick up trophies here and there, but they'd often finish sixth, seventh, sometimes around that fifth kind of place. But you know, they've just signed one of the biggest mm. sponsorship deals in the history of football now, aren't yeah, they? Nike, you know, yeah. yeah, so you look at that and that's only because they've become Successful really reason. good in the yeah, yeah, you know, in the last couple of years. So if you can get that, get that success on the pitch, those the financial rewards will come. Mm-hmm. It's just got to get that first. Should you care more about the finances, Joe? Playing uh, devil's probably. advocate here because it's your ticket money. 
It's your money for buying a United shirt. It's your money for buying a programme. It's your money for buying a pie at the ground. It's your money for buying a pint of beer, mm. a bottle of Coke. It's your money for everything around there. Scarf, doesn't matter what it is. It's fans' money going into the club. So and the should say, uh, yeah. the fans care more about the finances of football clubs because they're the ones that effectively are putting the money in and as much as the investors are keeping the club afloat, so are the lifeblood, the supporters. Yeah, we do put in a lot of money as well and it's uh, a lot of money seems to, you know, there's there's a lot of people high up in the club who seem to be making a lot more out of this club than, you know, than the fans are putting in. I don't think United fans should be worried about it. I know a lot of people are at the moment. There's everything to get on the Glazers' back about them maybe taking bits here and there. They do own the club or the majority of the club. Um, there's there's a lot of talk about the debt that we're in as well and you know how they're going to resolve that. Are they just going to keep feeding their back pockets? So there's a lot of people who I know and a lot of groups and movements are saying, let's stop spending at the club. If you get a drink at half-time, go do it in the local instead of actually doing one at half-time. Just sure. don't do it. Don't get a pie, don't get any food. Just wait. Just let's stop spending money at United. People are not buying United tops anymore. They just don't want it. They just there's, there's certain movements on Twitter just saying, let's stop giving you know the Glazers and Woodward all of our money until we start seeing results off the back end of it. So I don't think United, uh, United fans or football fans should care too much. At the end of the day, it's a game of football so and we you, love it because of the 11 men on the yeah. pitch. And do you know what it is? But historically, at some clubs, you, you probably never even give it a second thought in a weird way because you're too ingrained. But when people aren't spending the money in the right way or it's not being handled correctly, then it suddenly becomes an issue, doesn't it? Because you start uh, yeah. thinking, hang on a minute, I've, we've got all this money we're putting into the club we're doing, and we're seeing nothing. Like, I think you look it at, takes a, a certain moment or something to happen for fans to take notice. I mean, for what happened to us at, at my club, Portsmouth, is... We were doing really well. We won the FA Cup. We were playing in Europe. Then all of a sudden, <clears throat> something happened to our owner where it turns out the money he had was being siphoned pretty much from his dad's bank account. The assets were frozen. The money stopped coming into the club and the club collapsed from underneath, just completely crumbled. Mm. And then we had a succession of bad owners. And now the supporters, particularly the supporters, are very, very astute in terms of assessing the club's finances because we know how yeah. difficult a period that was. So we now have more of a vested interest in the financial situation around our football club than perhaps most fans would. In a weird way, a, sm- a smaller club, no disrespect, Niall, but you know, a smaller oh, club you know, like Portsmouth. I'm sure a sm- <laughs> Manchester United, if Portsmouth fans get annoyed about being yeah, yeah. called a smaller club than Manchester United, I'm sorry, football isn't the sport for you. But you know what I mean? It's almost like for a smaller club, you're probably uh, a bit more vigilant about it, whereas a bigger club, you think to yourself, well, actually, you know what? If there's a little bit of a, there's a change in owner or whatever, we've all got such a massive fan base, we've got such a huge, you know, kind of. Um, you know, a basis that we can always kind of fall back on that will be fine. But actually, sometimes you might be a little bit of negligence in terms of actually who's running the club, who's calling the shots, who are the people who are making the big decisions. In the United's case, it doesn't seem like it's working. Okay, very interesting. Thanks for joining me, boys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Adam. It's been a good podcast today on Football Social Daily and there'll be another one tomorrow as well as we'll look back at the Real Madrid versus Manchester City game and see how Pep's double denim boys get on (laughs) in the Spanish capital. And of course, lots of Europa League action as well. It's a jam-packed week of football and we'll cover it all here on Football Social Daily. So make sure you subscribe and you'll never miss another episode again. But that's it for now and we'll talk to you again soon. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right every time.